Hey, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And this is Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Lion is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what it's been like and where it's going. We now have a Patreon for fans of our show to help keep this going. Subscribers will become a part of the show in various ways, from providing questions to our guests, to getting a shout out on the show, to actually being on the show to chat with us. We'll even send you a mug. So check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash talking lion. We recorded this episode with our friend Tim from Vancouver Sleep Clinic. We first met Tim in 2017 when we opened for Vancouver Sleep Clinic in Boston. We've remained friends since and we've run into each other a couple times in Los Angeles. Some context for this interview. We recorded this remotely towards the beginning of this year's quarantine. Tim had released an album titled Onwards to Zion a few months earlier. An early influence for us and a supportive friend, Vancouver Sleep Clinic shaped the sonics of the current generation of pop while remaining true to his sound. So, without further ado, I'm Tim from Vancouver Sleep Clinic and this is Talking Lion. Hey, hey, how's it going? Good, good. Uh, how uh, how's everything been in this uh, weird sort of apocalyptic time? <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty strange. Kind of like yeah, just trying to find different ways to like use time. There's like a lot of extra time now, obviously. So it's kind of like <laughs> being like a bit of a curveball, I guess, for everyone. But it's kind of nice in a way. It gives you sort of some time to like chill out a bit and think about what what I want to do next. And yes, it's kind of like a bit of a mixed emotional thing, I guess. It's kind of like. Bizarre. You're you're back you're back in Australia now. Yeah, so I'm back in Australia. I was out I was out in London, like kind of right before it all happened, and um, I was meant to be there another couple months, and then it all kind of just went crazy. So had to Damn. get back home before they shut shut the border. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was what was going on in London? Um, I was just working on new music, so I was just kind of like pretty much just starting like the new album process and. Oh, cool. So you're working with people on your on your records. Were you were you writing or producing on anybody else's records as well? No, I just so it's just my own stuff. That's so awesome. in London, I was just kind of working with um, a couple of producers, just trying to sort of find the right the right sort of collaborator to like get going with it. So yeah, it's one of those things like it kind of really makes you think about perspective a lot because like and at least for me like you know it's easy for me to get caught up about the situation and be like oh I had to go home and I had to blah 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 but like. I guess on the scale of things, like people are, like losing their jobs and like they're, yeah. you know, struggling to pay rent and stuff. Like, so I guess like as far, you know, as far as like careers go or whatever, like, I mean, we can stand inside and make music, write, yeah, record and read, whatever. It's like it's you know, it's at the end of the world. So and I know plenty of people like, who are sort of like policing themselves, like policing kind of how they should be feeling about this, like both on the negative and the positive. Like I know people are are feeling really down and like, oh well, I'm lucky I shouldn't feel down. And also people who are yeah. enjoying this and they're like, well, this is a terrible thing. I shouldn't be enjoying this. I think the best thing to do is just not police any of it and just take it day by day and kind of enjoy yeah. what this could be, you know? I saw something um, going around. I can't even remember what the quote was, but it's just something about like, it's okay to just survive, which I yeah. think is yeah. cool. Yeah. Because you can kind of, as a creative, you can kind of put all this pressure on yourself to like, you know, oh, I have all this time now. I have to accomplish this and I have to do this. And, but, you know, in reality, it is pretty hard to like be inspired, especially right now. 
And it's like, maybe it's okay just to like chill out. No, I, I agree. But I mean, not to mention like our sleep schedule is completely screwed up. I woke up at like yeah. two today, <laughs> time, both, both AM and PM. <laughs> so <laughs> Time is just like completely irrelevant. Yeah. Oh man. It like just, the days it just, are all just like blending together. It's, it's wild. Yesterday I was going to like work and stuff and I played FIFA all day. And then <laughs> I just like looked at the clock. It was like 2 AM. I was like, oops. I, yep. Listen, I, we, we've been playing Overwatch like pretty hardcore. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah. Do you play? Do you play Overwatch? I haven't played it, but I've had lots of good things about it. Uh, you know, I'll I, probably I never, get it. I'll probably get it. I love that you're you're a FIFA player. I think every time I played FIFA, <laughs> my best friend loves playing FIFA. Just I absolutely get wrecked. It's so for some reason it's such a hard game. I'm a I'm a game person, and that game yeah. for some reason is a uh, is too. Yeah, FIFA's for me. kind of its own beast. I feel. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's intersection of like gaming and and soccer. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like it helps. It helps to understand it. soccer as well. Like I feel like it doesn't like sport games for some reason. It's like helpful to know how the sport, like to have played the sport, yeah, because definitely. you can kind of know what. But yeah, it's just like that's how I got into it. I was just getting pounded, like I got smashed by all my friends, and then like <laughs> I was like, all right, it was like a, it was like a challenge to my like manhood. I yeah, like, okay. <laughs> like I need to like stand my authority on these guys, so I practiced and got better. You know, I, like my, my friend, it would be like this nice little ego sort of boost because yeah, he, he played <laughs> exactly. he played actual sports, but like there, there were three of us and he was more sporty. And then me and my other friend were very nerdy. Like we're talking like Magic the Gathering, like like League of Legends area of nerdom. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, he would get beaten in like Smash Bros and like the more sort of quintessentially gaming games, but he would just clean the floor with us in <laughs> FIFA. <laughs> That's that's exact. That's me exactly. I get beaten in everything else. <laughs> like hands down, I'm terrible. Maybe that'll be an inspiration for us to get better at the game. Just you know, just eventually, <laughs> just so we don't get. But now we challenge you to play Overwatch so that you could join our yeah, team. Yeah, we have to do like after goes both ways, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's 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 nice to have have you on. It's uh it's cool because and I was just sort of I was thinking about this just like in in preparation for it that we first heard your music really like in the first week of starting Sleeping Lion. Oh, really? We had just wow. gotten back to school. We were just starting to like put the finishing touches on like the last songs and Discover Weekly had just come out. Oh, yeah. And you were like Collapse was like on the first Discover Weekly <laughs> we ever had. So it was really nice and kind of full circle that one of the last shows we played in Boston was opening for you at Great Scott. Like that was such a fun, but also like yeah, full circle feel, kind of night for us. It feels like an eternity game now. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> when was that? That was probably like that was probably like three or four years ago, isn't it? Yeah, I think First it was two thousand seventeen. Yeah, I think so. Why did I say two two thousand seventeen? It was two thousand and seventeen. Um yeah. It was so little. I saw, actually saw that photo again like six months ago. Like, yeah. We were all like outside or something. I was like, man, we're so little. <laughs> yeah, that was just that was yeah. just a, such a fun show. And it was just so cool. Um, I don't know, just to, to, again, because I consider Collapse to be like one of the foundational kind of songs for when we started because that was what was just in our oh, ears. I mean, it was just cool, to, cool awesome. to, to to do that, you know. But you're also a fan of, of improv. We ran into you at, at improv a, a couple times. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you ever do like that kind of stuff growing up, like improv games or any of that? Um, I did. I just did drama in high school. Cool. Like, Wait, were you a theater kid? No, I wasn't a theater kid. I was like dabbling in it. Like I kind of like, I just like drama because it's kind of a blow off. Like as, as far <laughs> yeah. as like classes go, I like I love like I love like watching it, and I love like I can really appreciate it, like stand up and improv and all that stuff. I love it, but. 
I think I think we go every um, every Thursday because I feel like, especially in what we do, it's like so important to kind of just get like a fix of laughter. You know, because I I feel like sometimes we're writing sad songs, we're writing songs in a certain vibe, but you know, we're not necessarily writing comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Or slash, just like leave the house. Yeah, that's. Remember when we used to be able to do that? Those were the days. Those were the days. Back yeah, in 2017. When you could Those leave the, the house. Jeez. Just Amber. The before times. No, but that's <laughs> that, that's awesome though. Um, Noah and I are both recovered theater kids. We yeah, we did tons of drama, like drama club. My mom was even oh, was yeah. actually the drama club teacher at my school, so she would be like doing all the after school improv classes. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. <laughs> my dad was my bus- my business teacher. So I know how you feel. Oh wow, oh, man. that's definitely yeah. that's that's high pressure. So you guys, so you guys haven't done theater since the Sleeping Lion stuff, or what? Not really. I mean, I I stopped doing theater in high school. I didn't really yeah, go down yeah. that route in college. Yeah. But I still there's still a part of me that's especially since moving to Los Angeles, there's definitely still a part of me. It's like one of these days I'm just gonna snap and do a, a community <laughs> yeah. theater production of like Tennessee Williams or something. Like I'm I'm about one day away from from that's that so on any given week. I was just gonna say I remember you having like a crazy like musicality there. Like I remember just watching you play. I was like, "Damn, that's not fair." Well, no, Noah's a crazy I mean, multi-instrumentalist. I mean, that's, that's that's also just what going to music school does to you. Yeah, right. So that's like you kind of like geeked out at music school. Yeah, I got to I got to like, go full music geek at Berkeley and get yeah, that, that shit out of my system. Yeah, which is, I mean, you guys are obviously both great musicians. No, I I, I appreciate. But, um, I think I think actually where where we work together really well is that we both can play the same instruments, but Noah plays them better and so he's able to get some of the cool like technical stuff but then like I'll come in with like some some voicings or some simplicity or or whatever that like balances out you can kind of like yeah you can kind of like tame him a bit yeah (laughs) if if anything my curse is always doing too much musically yeah yeah I I need people to rein me in all the time (laughs) yeah cool but on that note I mean I'm still really like into film stuff like I I still do sound design stuff I love TV and movies like nobody's business and actually like I, I signed up for a UCB class to do like to do improv and my first class was like right like it was supposed to be in uh in April it was right at oh, all this was okay, starting right. so they actually they canceled the first class and moved it all to July Damn. so I was going to take an improv class but um and that was like That's a big it. New Year's resolution, but it, it's going to happen later on. All this of year. our New Year's resolutions got postponed. Postponed our New yeah, Year's resolutions. Yeah. <laughs> they're all yeah, they're all. Uh, you think there's going to be like a new New Year, like like after coronavirus? Oh yeah, the quarantine ends. Like everyone's going to take it as like the beginning of a new kind of year. Yeah, we just reset we just all the change New Year's everything. resolutions. New New Year, like, new New Year, second like, New Year, Christmas second is new like year. August, like six. <laughs> you grew up in Australia, yeah. Yeah. What uh? What area? So I'm from Brisbane. Oh, cool. Okay. Which I've been like here my whole life, pretty much. What was that experience like? Was it? Were you in sort of musical communities as a kid? Like, how did you sort of first get bitten by the by this bug? So I was actually like real. I played heaps of sport as a kid. That was like my main thing. And like until I was like 15, I wanted to be. Do you know what the sport cricket is? Yeah. 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 I wanted to be a cricket player for Whoa. Australia. So I was like, spent all my time doing that. I didn't even really, like, I listened to music. I listened to my dad's stuff, my dad's records. But, like, I didn't really, like, I wasn't playing it that much or anything. Was your dad an artist? He's just, like, a guitar. He just, like, he has, like, six or seven guitars. He just loves playing it. <laughs> He's just, like, just for fun. Nice. But, yeah, so I was, like, I mean, I've dabbled around on stuff. Like, I had a drum kit as my first instrument. 
Um, but I was playing cricket like every weekend, like every day. And then I got injured when I was like 15, got a real bad injury. And then when that happened, I had all, all of a sudden I had all the spare time. And I was like, and that was the other thing is like sport was like my social. That was like, I mean, that's how I hung out with all my friends. I couldn't do that anymore. So my new thing was became like being in bands hmm. and like, like, you know how cool that like social thing is like when you're in a band with all your friends and you just kind of like after school, you just like dicking around on your instruments and yeah. you play some friend's party and you're like the cool, you feel like the coolest kids. In the yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that whole thing. That's kind of how, that's kind of what got into, got me into it. It was like the social, the social thing and just having fun with friends and just like naturally kind of, I can never became a point where I was like, oh, I want to do this as a career or I want to like, you know, I want to make a ton of money doing it. It's just kind of, I like playing with my friends and then people liked eventually liked what we were doing. There's a lot of crappy, there's a lot of crappy bands. What was the name of your high school band? Because I love high school band names. Oh, it's so bad. So my first band is called Summertime Static. Oh, <laughs> that's a was good this one. before yeah, or after Lana Del Rey had the song? Oh, that was Summertime Sadness. This is bef- this is before that. But oh, you were I ahead. Think, of, you were ahead of oh, the time. You were ahead of your time. But it did. It was like yeah, it was so bad. It was like obviously like pop punk or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, of course. Like, of course. We did photo shoots down in the park. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I actually so had sad. a train, like a train track photo. That's there somewhere, you know. I yeah, got, that's classic. My, my band was called <laughs> uh, Fall from Earth, and then it was the first law. Oh, that's not that's not too bad. You know, I feel like Fall from Earth is a little bit on the cringier side. I feel like the first law, I still yeah, the first law is solid. Oh man, I had some bad band names. Oh, like I, my my pop punk band went through so many iterations. At one point, it was. Uh, Tempest 242, which, oof. <laughs> um, Tempest 242. It was also Best uh, and a Whale. It came from an inside joke, and it was just like a new metal oh, band, no. and then it was Pure Mindless Vandalism. <laughs> I like I like Pure Mindless Vandalism, Pure Mindless Vandalism is a like... solid pop punk band name, but we, it took a while to get there. It was iteration three that's or four. So, that's so funny, hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, you wouldn't trade, the, trade that for the world, though. No, yeah. It's, it's so, a no, I mean, it's experience. About it. Do you ever listen back to those? Like, I feel like whenever I get a little bit jaded by all of this stuff, I listen back to like the first Law Records to be like, oh yeah, like that. On the one hand, that's what it felt like to make music without any kind of like pressure or sort of external, you know, thing. Yeah. But on the other hand, like it's nice not to like suck like that anymore, you know? Yeah, I definitely like listen back for the nostalgia and then I stop after 30 seconds because I'm like cringing so hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when did you sort of stop going in the pop punk direction and sort of move towards, because at, at first it was sort of like the vibey minimalism aspect. Like when did that kind of, yeah. and were you always singing so, in that kind of falsetto space too, or did you kind of discover that as well? No, nah, it's a pretty funny, it's a pretty funny story. So I was like doing, I was obviously just doing pop punk, like listening to like Linkin Park, Blink-182, Sum 41, System of Down, all that stuff. I was like loving <laughs> it. And then um, I kind of got, some of my friends started getting into indie music um, we have this like radio station called Triple J out here. Oh yeah, who are like they play a bunch of alternative stuff, a lot of Australian stuff. And I kind of like prided myself on being like a bit of a hipster and like hustle. it was <laughs> super regrettable. But I was just like so try hard. Um, so I would be like I would make it my like personal like mission to like find all of these like super hipster bands that no one knew about and be like, how do you not know these guys? They're so good. <laughs> You know, just like that classic, like... No, listen, I'm, I'm from New York, so I completely get the... If anything, the yeah. hipster... <laughs> I, I saw the hipster boom and burst yeah. of the other thing. And, yeah. and also, like, when we started, we were really jealous of Australian artists 
as a general concept because of Triple J. You guys had such an awesome, like, centralized way of discovering yeah. and supporting awesome new scene. artists. We don't really have that here. Yeah. I mean, now we have yeah, Spotify, so but good. like. Yeah, so I was I was getting into all that. Um, like, I did a real hard flip. Like, I was almost like trying to compromise for all my. I was like, man, how did I listen to that stuff before? Like, any music is so cool. <laughs> um, and then I remember the band that the band I first heard that made me like really feel emotional power music was Sigur Ross. Oh, I remember like, yeah. hearing them. Um, and I was like, man, they don't even sing in English, but I like feel something when I listen to them. And that was kind of the moment where I was like, man, this is like, because before I was just like, I'd just write for fun or I would write, I wouldn't even like, I'd write stories maybe about other people, just like narratives or whatever. Cause I used to like writing novels and stuff. So I just used to use that. And then I was like, when I heard Sigur Ross, I was like, man, I can actually put my feelings into the song and like have it trans like translate across to other people um, in different areas of life because it's like that universal power music is awesome. So that's kind of what started getting me into that, like more emotionally invested direction. And then the falsetto, so the falsetto thing, that happened um, literally just because I started it when I was going through voice break. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I couldn't sing my in my chest voice all the time because my voice would keep like leaping up. So I was like, I wrote, I just wrote one song, it, like the first song called Vapor. Um, and I sung it all in falsetto because I wasn't like confident in my chest voice. And I kind of just got locked into that because that was the song that sort of started taking off. So And people were like, his voice is cool. So I was like, okay, maybe I just like go with that then. Like it wasn't a conscious like thing. I was like, all right, let's just go falsetto. It's like. <laughs> when you when you say yeah. it took it took off, was that in like the SoundCloud world, the Spotify world, Triple J or some combination of of all of them? It was SoundCloud and then also Triple J. I like. I was a finalist. They have this competition called Unearthed High, which is when they go pick all these high school bands mm. um, and like play them on the radio, like on rotation. So I got played heaps. They played me heaps on radio and stuff. So that really helped. That's um, awesome. But um, SoundCloud, well, SoundCloud, Hot Machine, all that stuff. Yeah. Th- I mean, that was, those were the, those were the, those days. were the days. Like that was, those were the days, man. Uh, I mean, that was, I mean, we, I think we hit the hype machine thing just like a a year or two too late, like right as the, the end of the (laughs) wave, but even just like the little push, you know, let us do this thing for the last, you know, five years or whatever. Um, but but like you got like this sort of people who came a bit before us, like you guys and like, you know, even like Halsey or whatever, like that, that hype machine thing was like the whole you know yeah. that was the start of 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 all all that stuff. I mean, even Post um, Malone. I think Post Malone's first song was like SoundCloud. Yeah. Now, uh, like I said, like the song that sort of put sonically introduced, you know, us to you uh, was Collapse. I'm I, I'm like really curious how that song started and, and came to be, and then and, and what sort of unlocked that song for you. Um. So that's that song was actually uh, it came from math math class. <laughs> I was like super bored. Um, I read in my math book, at least like the hook. I remember writing the hook in my math book. And yeah, it was just like, I mean, the song is like, a, it's just about like high school. I mean, and feeling like overwhelmed by everything. <laughs> it's just like that classic teenage angst kind of thing. Um, There's a line like I've been outgrown, yeah, right? Yeah. It just kind of like, you know, you, you know, you, I mean, not, not for everyone, but for me, at least in high school, it was just like a lot. And it just felt like. I mean, it collapsed, and most of that, all that whole EP was just like kind of me venting, like how much I wasn't really into school or the 
whole social <laughs> games and all that stuff, like just in my own way, it's obviously more metaphorical and more, especially because I wasn't like really that vulnerable at that point. So that's something you kind of learn as a writer, I guess, is like how to be more vulnerable and say things. But I would just like kind of like use a lot of imagery and like stuff to kind of conceal or like kind of paint the picture, I guess. But yeah, and it's, that's how something happened is just in math. And then I had a friend and I paid him like 500 bucks to like produce the whole EP, <laughs> which is like, which is hilarious because at the time that was a lot of money for me. Yeah. I, like I didn't have a job and I was like busking. So I saved up for a few, like a month to pay for it. But then like he got ripped off in the end because he, <laughs> didn't, he didn't, he didn't get a cut on it and it did. So. Oh, he didn't get, he didn't get points. Oh, damn. It's a work for hire. <laughs> nah, it was like, it was before any of that. It was just like for fun, you know, like I yeah. didn't even know what I was doing. I was just like, it'd be fun to like do this EP. You can take him out for dinner now though, friends. you know? <laughs> yeah, do you Sorry? still keep in touch? Oh, you can take him out for no. dinner now, you know, take him out for a nice yeah, day. Yeah, take him. Actually, I haven't seen him in, in a few years, but um, yeah, he was awesome. Like, he really helped me get get going with everything. Yeah, appreciate it. I think what was what was so interesting about Collapse, not like because in my head it was like two things at the same time. Like the first was on the kind of marketing side of it. It was the first time I'd seen Discover Weekly. Like it was the first song I discovered on Discover Weekly, which is a, I mean, now that Discover Weekly has been out for five years or whatever. This is on, that, this is on Spotify, right? You're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when they adjust sort of, uh, you know, which obviously that's not, that's different for everybody, but it was like algorithmically they thought I would yeah. like you and they were right. Um, I think it showed up on Noah's too. Yeah. And I, I remember it's funny, like I sent like my ex-girlfriend the songs. I'm like, I found this song. You should, I think you'd like it. But, uh, and and the the week after that, we got uh, Girls Your Age by Transviolet, who was also somebody who's been on, on the show. So it's just yeah. funny how like that era of Discover Weekly was just like pushing these like really cool, yet like yeah. budding independent artists. Yeah. I'm so old school that we we didn't have it on Spotify for like a year. And then we had to upload it. Like we're like, oh, Spotify's a thing now. Like we, because <laughs> we'd already put the EP out on SoundCloud and stuff and then, and iTunes. Um, and then, yeah, then it was like a year later. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, wow. It should be on Spotify. <laughs> so so it, sa- it says it came out like in 2013, but it was really out like in 2012. Oh no, dude, 20, 2016? Yeah, it's 2016 on Spotify. Wow. That that tracks. Jeez. Like that tracks for at least where we were at. Jeez. We missed like two years of streaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, we, I, I did it in 2014, started 2014. But you were you were getting the Triple J buzz at that point already, right? Yeah, that was like 2013. SoundCloud Triple J was like happening and then three uh, years later, Spotify. I <laughs> hate asking this question on the show, but I, I have to ask for you specifically, how did you come up with the name? Oh yeah. Um I don't know. I just always kind of wanted something that was going to be interesting and like like something that you could remember and like Google. And I felt like it sort of painted the picture of like um, kind of just like a therapeutic sort of like sound and like um, I don't know. Vancouver, the city is super like rainy and mountains and I love Vancouver. It just all kind of felt right. Like it just, I played around with it, like a lot of ideas and I was like, this is cool. This is different. Yeah. It's a I very mean, aesthetic name. It's just got an inherent kind of aesthetic quality to it, which I think yeah. matches. I was up just well like, I was, you sound like, yeah, I was just like happy to roll with. Some, and as I said, like the thing, I didn't even put a lot of thought into anything at all. Like I just kind of did it 
And at the time I was in another band and stuff. So this was just kind of like on the side. I literally remember just like typing the name out, throwing, I got my sister to take a photo of me against the curtain in the house. <laughs> the, and, the white photo? Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's actually terrifying. Like it's like, I've done all I can to get it off the internet, but it's still there. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like that. It's that like effortless. It was just like, it just happened. So that same with the name. I don't really overthink it a lot. Was she involved with the first record at all? Like musically, my my sister. Yeah. Uh no. I I don't know why for some reason I I she can she can sing. She's like an amazing. She actually is the theater kid. She does a lot of theater. She's one of stuff, us. One of us. <laughs> yeah, one of you guys. She's crazy. Well, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I I love the name. Obviously, we're partial to uh, to sleep related yeah, yeah, uh, names. Sleep I, I think when we played the show, we joked around about like Vancouver Sleeping Lion Clinic. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Is meant to um, be sleep fast. Yeah, the, uh, the the next like song that like well, I remember hearing it live and just absolutely getting floored by it. But um, "Killing Me to Love You" is just such a intense song off of Revival. Like, what what yeah. was this like? Wait, how did you kind of crack that song? Like, what what sort of unlocked that one for you? So the Revival album was like the first project I did with like. Well, I did the whole thing with this guy called Al Sharks, and it was the first time I had like proper. I guess any sort of money and like any like kind of resources and time. So Killing Me, it was the first song we recorded for the album. And it actually happened really quickly because I just remember that feeling of like how cool it was that it didn't have to be just me like working on a song. I remember like being with this guy. He was like probably 30 at the time. Hmm. I was like, man, this guy is like such a, he could do everything better than I could by like five, five times better. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, I remember just watching him. I was like, man, and then he did all his thing. And then I did my vocals and it's just like, so like, I just, I still remember I was like 18 at the time. I was like, man, you know, that super rare feeling when you like, I don't know, you just like know that you're doing you actually like have full confirmation in what you're doing. You're like, man, this is unreal. Like the euphoria is crazy. And you're like, it doesn't happen often as an artist. Like a lot of the time you kind of like, at least for me, like, you know, you doubt yourself, you second guess yourself, what you're doing and like your whole life. And then, but working on that song, like before we kind of got stuck into the album, it all came together. I was like, man, this is easy. This is awesome. <laughs> I, I feel like I chase that high all the like, time, all the time. Like I feel like I yeah. chase that feeling of like, oh, we just like we just got this. Like we just sort of, yeah, we exactly just dialed it in. You know, that was like the one of the rare times. I still I'll always remember it. Just that first day in the studio, and that, that song happened. And I was like, man, we can do this whole album that easy. And then the album took like two years. Yeah. <laughs> was there was there a moment like a like a lyric or like um or or a sort of feeling in the song like like one specific part of the song that really like like turned up that you know dopamine spike <laughs> you know it was the drums that when you when you started programming the drums because we kind of had this like this piano refrain i was kind of singing this kill me i love you um that was kind of happening it was all like you know nice and pretty and emotional and then he like he um chopped up this drum loop and like played it in and and you know i like i all my the wintry piece just super like chill and like mostly just like 808 type drums and like very like basic and then this guy came in like with a full on beat and i just remember being in the studio i was like man i can like i can make music that's like dreamy and like 
got like some like punch to it and mm. it's like a cool a cool energy because i hadn't had that kind of energy in my music before it felt like a step up well and that's like why i mentioned you know when we saw it live like yeah. i you know i'd heard i'd heard the record i loved the record but just hearing it live i think almost breathed a different kind of life into it because you feel that whole sort of mm. like you you feel the dynamics you feel the the wall of sound just kind of like yeah especially like, with the live drums oh yeah we're just being like really yeah cool that's kind, that's what like See, my, I don't know what it's like for you guys, but for me, playing live is like my favorite part of the music thing. That's kind of what I think about when I make music. I'm not a big indoors person, so when I'm in the studio, I'm generally like projecting like what it would look like and how it would sound like on a stage. I, feel I don't like, know about like if you guys, what, like you. I, I feel like we have a love, people. love-hate relationship with with playing live, and I want I want you to comment on it too. When we started Sleeping Lion, we did not want to play live at all. We actually kind of wanted to be anonymous. Oh, and really? We sort of like, yeah, oh. I mean, it just, I think we we just wanted to like see how the music would do without trying to like worry about how it would adapt in a live yeah. setting. Like yeah, I think we were just starting to make electronic music, so I think our focus was like, can we make yeah. a record that sounds cool and not worry about like because we were, as we were also in music school, so there was so much emphasis for us on like playing our instruments that it, part of it yeah. was just an escape yeah. from like that like hard and fast like getting into a practice room and like getting a show together. But but it was yeah. also just like yeah, we didn't want to like get a band or whatever because at, yeah at school it was just so hard to kind of get all of that together despite being surrounded by great musicians just getting locking down the practice we we started sleeping lion as a duo because we were tired of trying to figure out the practice room situation just to make music we could just yeah. work out of our room and and do this but it was also just that like when we started we were broke as hell and so a lot of our setup, like the SPD and like everything was very utilitarian. Like it was specifically like, what can we fit in an, in an Uber pool uh, to get to, <laughs> like to get to the thing. And we never really evolved from there. Cause we always like, whenever we would get shows or like whenever it would be this thing, we just never had the resources yeah. to like really yeah. get like a proper playback rig or to like get you know, get a drummer, even getting another member would require us to like get a playback rig because of how our setup was. It was basically an idea of kind of resources. And it was, I will tell you the the best part in, in Boston was when we could open for bands that we loved. Like when we would open, when we opened for you in Boston, that was like really awesome for us. And we loved when we could like, you know, brass tracks too. Like we loved when we could like open for like Mm. acts that had really great crowds and that, you know, we could, we could meet, you know, people and sort of be on this stage with them. Um, yeah. We also played a bunch of shit, shit shows. And I think we <laughs> were just kind of starting to get into like getting a drummer and get like redoing some of our live tracks and yeah. also writing songs kind of around playing them live better. But uh, then all this happened. So we're t- putting a little bit break. I saw you guys yeah, play. A little bit break on that. I saw you guys play. I, I can't remember how long it was now. Probably two years ago. Was it Peppermint Club? Is someone? Yeah, you came yeah. to the Peppermint Club yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. Show? I'm surprised I remember that. Yeah, it was a sick <laughs> yeah. show. I, me- I remember that being. I remember that being awesome. But no, that yeah, meant, cool. it meant the world to me that you came. I was yeah, like, was I was like, uh, you know, in in Los Angeles, people say they'll come to shows and then some traffic and whatever, and it just meant a lot that you classic. Hey, just LA. This is LA stuff. <laughs> you just get used to. It. <laughs> that that was an important show for us because we we met Transviolet opening for them and then wound up writing. A song. Oh. That was how we met them, and then we wound up writing a song uh, with them. Yeah, like, they were the play, they were year. playing at that shirt. Yeah, we well. were opening for them. I think. Oh, cool. Yeah, sick. But yeah, um, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that was probably a while ago now. Damn, it's gone so fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was two year, two and a half year. 
my, have you guys my, have you guys t- been doing shows recently? Not really. Not really. I've done a couple acoustic shows, but nothing like. Yeah. We had just kind of taken on a drummer as all this was starting up. So oh, then our wow, drummer okay. broke his heels. And then our drummer broke his heels. So we had to put that kind of on hold. And then all the coronavirus oh. stuff started. Damn. That's yeah. hectic. No, but yeah, I, I, live is so interesting though. Because, because I do feel like when you get to see a band live, you can create new relationships with certain songs. Like I know certain songs that like maybe I was, you know, I, I didn't really necessarily you know, obsess over on a record, but then I can hear the thing that you can love about it when you play it yeah. live and go back to the record and glean that and yeah. remember that um, and kind of reconnect to a song. Definitely. What, what, what's your favorite song to play live? Personally, I, I really like playing Ayahuasca just because it's long and I can kind of just like trip out and like kind of just, in, so that's kind of the moment where I can really soak it in because there's a lot of like instrumental stuff and it's just like, but then, like, also someone this day is like the one everyone sings to, so that's like a nice, it's a nice moment, I guess, to like. That's kind of like to see that people kind of appreciate what you do. It's it's funny because awesome, I was so. I was gonna ask about those those two songs specifically. Um, yeah. So I guess staying on on revival, what what sort of was the inspiration for someone to stay? Because that that song is like the I was looking looking today, like that's the song that I think everybody's been. Yeah. A lot of people have been introduced to you with. And it's so weird because it didn't, when it came out, the song didn't get playlisted once on Spotify. Like no one put it anywhere. And then like, it didn't really do much for ages. And then like, it got put in a couple movies and TV shows. And then just oh, like. Which movies? Like, it's like, um, it got put in this movie Before We Go, which is like a Chris, Chris Evans one. And it got oh. put in all these like, like Teen Wolf, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, you, uh, you see it with like with Ash, like, you know, Moral of the Story came out last year and did all right. And then all of a sudden it was in that Netflix movie, like the sequel to All, to all the Boys I Loved Before and became like, you know, radio top 40, you know, it's amazing. in a week. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like it's, I remember also seeing it with, um, there was a song, do you know Lord Huron? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. That song, the night we met, yeah, that was yeah. in thirteen reasons, reasons why. It got put on. It got put on whatever that show was. Yeah, that, and then yeah, it got like, in, like, and the song was had been out for like seven years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel like, like so um, amazing. The uh, just so many sh- songs on like Riverdale. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, have yeah. like these, have just like popped it's these off. teenage girl, these teenage girl type shows, and they all like. At home crying, and then they hear a nice emotional song, and they're like, "Yeah, oh, Shazam! Like, what, what is it?" <laughs> no, I mean, I, I personally discovered so much music from Grey's Anatomy and like Scrubs and Scrubs, and like the the, yeah. the Twilight Some soundtrack. The, shows- the first Twilight soundtrack had insane music on, it. so like, oh that is my like gosh, a, dude, like a great place to find new music, dude. Paramore, <laughs> yeah, oh, yo, decode. decode, decode is a oh, six. Oh my god, decode. that's like so insane. Good. And Mute Math had Spotlight on on the Wait, Twilight Spotlight soundtrack. Spotlight was on Mute Math. On, on, on yeah, the that's how I discovered oh Mute Math was the Twilight soundtrack. So Iron and Wine was on that record? Yeah. Whew. So many good bands on that record. Yeah. Some of these like shows just have like a real good taste for it. And like I know people that just like half the reason they watch these shows is because the music's cool. Yeah. They, like finding music on it. Yeah, with with like the, you know, like the OC and and uh and Scrubs and Grey's Anatomy, like those like it, I've read in like music business books, or whatever. Like, it was like those music supervisors like changed the music supervision game. And like kind of like yeah. open the door to independent artists. Yeah. It's like, awesome. Hey. They like, yeah. But it's I mean, it's really awesome like that that song like pop popped off. What was the sort of inspiration for it? I'd, I I went, I did like a mission trip to Cambodia 
like kind of wow like just after i started the album and yeah i kind of just got like smacked in the face by like just i don't know the fact that like myself and like i guess a lot of us can sort of just forget about a lot of the things going on in the world like i hadn't even thought about anything outside of my own little bubble and i kind of saw that and then you just feel like real powerless like just seeing like the poverty and like this and that and then like interestingly like because i was doing that album in downtown la just like i went back there to do it and i was feeling really inspired and then you see like even on skid row and like just i mean everywhere in hollywood it's just like it's insane because of how like prosperous the city is and how many rich people there are and you see that kind of diversity and me just as like a small time like australian kind of indie artist i was like what can i actually do to like i mean i you know i felt like so helpless but that was kind of like what i channeled into the song just so that feeling of like doesn't like doesn't matter what city you're in or like what kind of climate or anything like there's just people everywhere that are just forgotten about and you know so that's kind of where the original thing came from was there a line that started it um i was probably the the wheel needs someone to stay that was probably the first lyric i can't really remember to be honest but i'm sure that was like towards the start (laughs) well i think the other thing that i love about the revival record is the art like i remember Mm -hmm. when the art first came out hell i would have i would have gotten a shirt i think i was so broke i couldn't even get a shirt but i i love the (laughs) the art that um uh Oh no! I got a poster though. I remember I have the poster still. Oh, sick! Because um, uh, the 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 art for the that record was so cool. Who who did it? And then like, what inspired you? Because there's something macabre yet like organically beautiful about it. Yeah, I can't really take any credit for it. I mean, I is this guy called Pandagunda, and I got hooked up with him. We jumped on a call and I talked about what the album was to me. And he kind of listened to it and spent a lot of time and he kind of came across with the idea of like playing with the anatomy. I mean, I really, I love nature and I love like natural feeling things. And I really like, yeah, it's something I really like just, I I also really like um, the idea of a whole album just being conceptually like nice to look at. Like I really like, one of the things I said to him was like, I'd really like to have all of the art like next to each other on my wall and it would look really nice yeah. together. So it was cool that he was able to find a concept and like piece it all together, like using different parts of the body and different like beautiful natural elements kind of flourishing out of that. Kind of fit the name Revival as well really nicely, I felt, because it felt like the idea of taking like a, you know, parts of your body that are just wiltering away like yeah. your bones and like bring life and some sort of like external like nourishment to that i thought that was pretty cool well that that resonates with us i, I love what you say about hanging on your wall because like that that has always been kind of when it comes to like cover art where our brains yeah. go is like kind of think of it thinking of it like from a film perspective sometimes of like oh you could watch five movies mm-hmm. by a director and know like that's their movie if they're like a good director and that that always was yeah. like i want you to look at this like cover art and look at like three different cover arts and know that they're all, you know, our songs. And that's, yeah. I, I feel like Revival was just like, it, it perfectly like captured what each song was about, but also was such a unique piece of art as well. Especially mm. at a time like, you know, around the hype machine time around all that, where, where we were seeing kind of a lot of the same kind of art around it. So mm. I just, I was, I remember just like snapping. It. I awesome. think I snatched up the poster and then like had everybody in the band sign it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that it all worked. Yeah. Um, 
that's yeah it's definitely what i was trying to do. it's in, it's definitely interesting now as well because i mean especially in like the current music climate like it's not really i mean it's more for the artist for, for yourself that you do that stuff because you know it's not as important to, to fans or people anymore like putting together like four videos that all work together or four pieces of artwork that people just want to hear like music and like a lot of it and like you have to kind of keep yeah. pumping it out that's the idea but like it's really just for like you as artists like to like at least for me when i because i still like thinking of things as a concept and putting things together as a concept but in reality like people don't really care as much about that now because you know, i mean people aren't even really buying records as much i mean there's always going to be hipsters buying vinyl but like you know like back you know 10 years ago when you you buy the cd and you get the yeah. booklet and you're looking through the booklet and everything's so cool like you know or you get all the merch so, yeah I, I remember even going to like my local cd shop and you get like bands would print these like boxes <laughs> where they have the cd and they'd have like a shirt and they'd have all this like all like a double cd there's all this stuff packaging and everything you can win a grammy um, for the packaging but, you know, there's literally like a grammy award for like best packaging oh, really? of yeah. a record like you know best like st- it's still like still still yeah that's awesome <laughs> I, d- I didn't know that but but yeah that's like that's i i totally feel that. i remember getting the phrase record and just yeah like i love that parsing through like you know mind you they, it came with a download code to get it on itunes as well yeah <laughs> but like i i just would parse through that that record i love ayahuasca and uh People are gonna just snip that like out of context. Just be like, I love doing ayahuasca. Yeah, I can tell, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know we're 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 uh, uh, we take psych- drugs. Yeah, we're psychedelic enthusiasts yeah, on the are, show. We, cool. We're pretty open about LSD and stuff. Um, never done ayahuasca though. We talked to Axel, who's talking about an ayahuasca chip before. But I, it's an eight minute piece of music, and I love just how it flows and how it like it it goes from these sort of these sections almost with like repeating elements and whatnot. What I'm gonna ask, like, was it inspired by an ayahuasca trip, and how did that song kind of come to be, and what and what kind of made you decide to do an eight minute piece of music in in you know the 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 twenty the late twenty tens. So I mean, firstly, I haven't done ayahuasca, which is pretty funny but what so basically how it happened i was kind of like a few months after moving to la and i was just like i don't know i'm not really that into the vibe i mean some people are some people are like born for it like the hustle and like they love all that stuff but i come from kind of just like busking like i said playing music with my friends and la is very like everyone's just about business and about whatever so i'd done a bunch of sessions and all that stuff and i was working on different songs and i was like man i'm just so fed up with it like i just kind of hit this point i was like i'm fed up with it i'm just gonna like lock myself in my studio apartment for like a weekend and just make something that i want to do because you know like i was just so sick of going into studios and everyone's like we need this hook to be more like this and we need this verse to be shorter and like rhyme this with this like whatever like all that stuff i'm just not into it so i was just like I locked myself in the apartment. Yeah, I just like kind of went on a wild ride. And so the song, the song was called Ayahuasca because I was watching all these YouTube documentaries about it. Um, <laughs> and I kind of went down the rabbit hole on it because I found it so interesting. And I, I ended up sampling this woman from a ceremony. She's like singing the da na 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 na. And she's like doing hmm. that. So I kind of chopped that up and I started and I started playing guitar and that's how the idea started. But I also felt like it f- fit the song because, you know, it felt like, at least for me, it was just kind of this wild ride of like 
spiritual discovery about myself, about being in this city that I wasn't really into and like all of these different, you know, there's so many extreme highs and lows in LA, like there's so much opportunity, but at the same time you can just get crushed. And it's kind of just about that whole like ride. And yeah, that's sort of how it happened. I I feel like Los Angeles is one of those cities where like you can build better than anywhere, you know, in in the world, but that also applies a lot of pressure to your foundation. Whereas I feel like in other other places, like your foundation, like who you are as a person and how you handle kind of stress and pressure and social situations and art are not necessarily kind of challenged on a daily basis, but also you're Mm. not necessarily growing in, in this oftentimes meteoric kind of way that you can in, in LA. So I, I feel like, you know, you take the good with the bad and I, you know, yeah, it's it's a great way of looking at it. It's awesome. Definitely. I think it hit me, you know, moving here. Um, I don't think I ever got to the, the, to like the, the real like heartbreaking burnt out point, (laughs) but mostly it was because I was talking to everybody who was there. (laughs) Yeah. I've heard so many cautionary tales from people to be like, I burnt out so bad. I didn't, I slept for 18 months. Like I, like I, the city crushed me. Like I think I heard enough horror stories that I've managed to sort of keep my head on straight. Well, it helps, it helps that you guys move together as well. I think that's important. Like you have people from your hometown or just like friends around that aren't from LA. Well, that's, you know, it was nice to like have some film friends out here so I could like, you know, flex that part of my my brain and I have some family out here too. But we moved out here and then Noah actually went back to Berkeley to finish up school. Oh, okay. Which I almost think was, was great because we got to do the first couple months together and just like get all that like get the shock, be, be the together shock for the shock. Yeah. But then we had a second to like be like figure out who we were alone like apart from each other because at that point we had been friends and roommates for four years so we hadn't really had (laughs) a lot of space uh, alone we got to develop who we were sort of individually and then we you know we spent the last like two years just sort of figuring out okay well who are these two individuals and how do they come together as opposed to we are roommates and we're starting this project and and we are this is all we have and all we have is each other and like all this stuff you know no it's cool (laughs) but yeah i don't know i I love that ayahuasca is an experience like and i think just sort of knowing you too is like, I think anybody in LA would call a long so- a song longer than four minutes, you know, <laughs> brave, whatever. I think for you, it's just expression. For you, it's like this is this is something that you can that you can sort of breathe through and like let it sort of wash over you. Yeah. And I think if anybody you know could pull it off, and anybody did pull it off, it, it's it's you. you know? Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of you know. I just hit that point. I was like, I don't even care anyway. Like, I think that's the <laughs> most important part. Is like. I was just caring so much before that. I was everything I was doing. I was like, man, is the beat like go hard? Like, is like the hook catchy? Like, and I just kind of hit that point, and it all came out. I was like, man, I could like I'm just gonna make something. I don't even care like what anyone thinks about. I don't care if it gets playlisted. I'm just gonna do it and put it out because that's like I really like that sort of analogy you were using before about like LA like you have this like kind of like you can build a lot you can get super high up and you kind of like forget where your foundation is yeah um, that's that's how I felt like I kind of came out there and I, you know just as like a kid like busking on the streets like jamming with my friends like that's having fun with it and then you come out there and i got somewhere and i like made some songs that did well and got money and stuff like that and i just remember looking at myself and i was like man what am i doing like i don't even enjoy making this music i don't enjoy being in studios with people i've never met before like 
it's just like where like where's my foundation like why am i doing what i'm doing it doesn't make any sense <laughs> well yeah. it's 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 funny um you know that that likewise when i first moved here i think i was trying to kind of like i i considered my kind of like superpower in this the ability to kind of just like be aware of everything <laughs> that was going on around me like being aware of what everybody was doing and i had a friend i had two friends one was an a and r who i was sort of like kind of like dropping like so-and-so is doing this and this so-and-so is doing this and how could we do this with so-and-so and so yeah, and yeah. he's like nate if you are trying to keep your finger on the pulse of los angeles <laughs> you are going to lose your fucking mind yeah, he was yeah. very honest with me he's like yeah. i'm really impressed but you're gonna you're gonna kill yourself <laughs> uh and then, <laughs> and then um the other one was a he was like a seasoned composer like a veteran like tv composer and I was telling him that, like, you know, I was seeing friends doing really well and, like, worried about the sort of trajectory of our own career and, like, not being productive enough or whatever. And he was like, Nate, like, every day, just focus on the brick. Like, every day, just mm, lay one brick. One brick. You know, yeah. like, don't worry about everybody else's house. Like, just focus on your brick and eventually you'll have a house, too. Like, just focus on, did you do, did you lay that brick today? Which is how I'm, you know, yeah. going through this quarantine sort of thing, too. On that brick thing, like, I remember, that's, like... Cause I never really had issues with anxiety or anything like that, but I definitely like started getting like super overwhelmed while I was out in LA. And like, I remember that was like kind of a thing. Cause I, you know, you're constantly just thinking about the whole house. You're like, man, like everyone else is building faster than I am. Like, how do I catch up? Like, how do I, you know, it just, you make the thing so much bigger than it is. And I remember the, the minute I started thinking, man, like, how do I just attack this day? And like, how do I just attack this song or this like chorus or this verse? It just makes it so much like easier in your mind. Like when you just break it down and you're like, it's obviously like it's, it's a constant battle. You have to, you have to keep shutting out like all of the big, like pressing, like, I mean, especially now, like, well, what's happening in the next three months? Like, what am I going to do? Like, uh, for like, for like, if I can just sit down in the morning get coffee and be like, all right, today I'm just going to like try and like learn these scales or I'm going to try and like write this like chorus. And that's what I want to do today. That's really helped me a lot. Just like gig. Well, and you've, you've been like, as you know, as Tim putting out uh, like these hymns, which you were saying before we started recording that that's like sort of your, your place outside of this. Like this is like, yeah, know, just like a sort of, I'm trying to still like hone in on my craft and like learn more and do more, but I'm trying to like space out on the Vancouver stuff just for like at least a month or so, just so I can kind of get some fresh inspiration, try a few different things. And then that way, like when I'm ready to go back in album mode, like I'm going to be staying fresh because I'm just trying not to really burn out too much. It's really like hard to find inspiration at the moment or like just things to write about when you're not even like leaving the house. So I'm like, yeah, man, yeah. I'm just going to like, you know, I'm just going to, play around with some stuff like whatever um and then like i'll be ready to go when this is done <laughs> yeah I've, I, we've been dealing with it by going back to old songs, yeah which like, is great like I was too. Saying, you awesome. know, just sort of yeah like re realizing that yeah. like oh we didn't have the tools even like the yesterday we wrote we had a chorus that had been sitting around for three years oh wow that we had just <laughs> didn't never we just weren't able to write around yeah. it. And then we were like, okay, well now we have a writer who has always been able to bring out 
you know, some of the stronger stuff in us. And we have all grown up like as writers in the last, you know, three years. And we knocked out the song in like an hour and a half, like the whole. That's amazing. You know, whole Wait, song so around so the you guys are working with a, a writer as well? Is that what you're saying? We've been doing like a FaceTime session. Nice. Yeah, yeah. But we, yeah. for, for like the first two years of Sleeping Lion or like before moving to Los Angeles, we did not let anybody into this. Yeah. And then our biggest song around, I wound up, co-writing it with my ex-girlfriend and where that was like obviously a complicated situation um there was the kind of realization like oh we wrote a great song when it wasn't just noah and i doing 100 of the stuff because we could have somebody else balancing out or like just even challenging us to do better and so now we've actually like been working with the same writer and and occasionally the same um kind of like finishing producer to just get that last you know to just inspire us, Amazing. like get us out of our own sort Amazing. of um, ruts, you know. Yeah, it helps. It helps a lot. Hey, when you like open, open up to the idea of. Oh, I was the same. I was just like so egotistic. I was like, man, like only I know what I'm feeling. No one's gonna touch. And then like when you realize, like, man, actually this person can play guitar better than I can. This person can do beats better than I can. Like this person, just like man, why wouldn't I want to get other people to help out? Well, and not to keep slinging metaphors but i feel like any creative who like is doing it every day it, it's kind of like turns into sledding where you you wind up whether you mean to or not like falling into certain like the same grooves yeah. just because yeah. that's where your head goes like you'll you'll gravitate towards certain lyrics or melodies or whatever not even realizing yeah. that you're gravitating towards it and so i feel like just having somebody else bring in you know a fresh layer of snow yeah awesome. lets you uh you know <laughs> lets you kind of figure out new stuff that that is still very much you and your sensibility but not necessarily like the same groove you've been like sledding down the you're whole just time. like spinning straight poetic bars today i ain't <laughs> <laughs> just non-stop <laughs> you know that, it's my ten thousand hours man yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. um love, love a good no, but i love i mean you put out a two-part a two-part record uh therapy which i you know imagine was a therapeutic yeah. experience I, I also love that you have a song with uh with drew from yeah, they he's awesome uh big they fans yeah, over great. here i met drew uh after a Lido show oh cool and he was just super super nice i appreciate anybody who at like an la after party can just focus on you yeah, the whole time yeah call, call it like a sort of narcissistic or like an ego thing but like in LA, it's just you get used to like somebody, like you're talking to yeah. somebody, but they're looking yeah. over your shoulder at like who else is more important in the room. And you did not break eye contact. It was, yeah, it was really, I don't know him very well, but that one interaction like yeah. really resonated. And with it's me. little things like that in LA that mean a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Coming to shows. Yeah. You know? It's not like, I know how, I know how it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So they were just kind of like, it's kind of like, it wasn't a mixtape, but it was basically just like, same idea in that like i didn't want to do an album i just wanted to put out stuff <laughs> so hmm. yeah and that was a collection that was all the stuff i did in la so it was a collection of like every almost every song was like different producer or like i produced some so there's not really like a lot of coherency between them but it's kind of just the but i mean they're tied together by you your sensibility which i think you know your your voice is so distinctive that like that's why it works both as like a feature situation, but also in, you know, a mixtape yeah. place of like different genres stuff. Like you're the genre and then right. the rest is like detail. Yeah. More than anything, I just wanted to experiment with like 
the concept of just being looser with how, like being more ready to let go of things. How did you and uh, Drew come together? We knew each other through they, like, because I listened to they and they listened to Vancouver Sleep Clinic. So we kind of connected through that a while before. And then I was in LA and then I had a session on with these guys. And I think we just hit him up and like, do you want to come through? And yeah, and we did that song in like a few hours, which is like the quickest I've ever done anything. Wow. I'm like usually quite meticulous, (laughs) but that was just one. (laughs) That's a Nashville session. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was one of those moments, you know, those moments where you just get on a wave and you're all kind of like riding the energy and it's just like very natural things come together and it does, doesn't happen a lot in sessions, but that it did that time. It's it's a, it's special when it does. Again, yeah. it's that kind of like high yeah, that you're you chasing chase. That. I remember when the song came out too, I, I think I messaged you because I had, my, my family like lives in Beverly Hills and usually I anticipate traffic and inexplicably there wasn't any. And so I had mm. an hour to kill around like just driving around like right, driving down Robertson and around that I remember hearing you know hearing the song because it came out as the single yeah. first yeah yeah I, I remember hearing the song and then just I'm like fuck I gotta hear it again <laughs> and so I just pre- I, I you know I, I replayed it and it ended I'm like fuck I gotta hear it again and I replayed it and next thing I knew like oh, the hour had passed I think I listened oh, to I it like listening. 10 times I'm like I'm just gonna I'm gonna just message him and be like good song dude whereas like <laughs> I just listen to it like like oh, an so hour's good. worth of the same song. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I love when a song can do that though. You yeah. know, like oh, that's, that's how you know. Me too. You did you did put out a record last year though, yeah? Onward to Zion? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a bit of a different as like all my projects have just been completely different places in my life. There's there's but, definitely a cigarose vibe to that record, which I really like. Yeah, it's a lot so that's the first one, the first record I've just done completely like myself. Like I had my friends come in and play some stuff, play instruments, but I like wrote and produced it all. And it was kind of like, it was almost like, because the therapy stuff, like I said, was every song was basically with a different producer and it was all kind of out of that LA, like speed dating session type thing. And I went- This is like the opposite side of that. I went so hard the other way. I was like, man, I'm so over it. Screw everyone. I went, I went to Bali in Indonesia with like six of my high school friends and we got like a, we got a massive house there cause it's so cheap mm. and we stayed there for two months and we made that album. It was like literally like, it's just so funny how like how my mind like just like, <laughs> like I was li- like, it's just so drastic. Like in hindsight, I was like, man, I can't believe I <laughs> went from like being in like the most like. <laughs> happening part of the I didn't even have a phone out in Bali like I just went completely rogue like we didn't oh damn like none of us had phones like we're in the top of this massive mountain like no contact with anyone no one spoke English we like had our synths out there so it's like a, it was a special <laughs> it was a, lovely it was a special thing and it was more kind of just a healing thing I think for me um the album it was, it was for me that's the best way of putting it like I didn't really think about making singles or making songs for anyone or it was just like to kind of compensate and sort of just find that foundation again you know like i needed to find why i was doing it i think maybe the next record's kind of like goldilocks like you swung so hard on one direction for therapy swing so hard in the other direction for onward design and then you know a blend of 100% you and a blend of people on like whatever. (laughs) Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, man. Like it's exactly like what I realized. I needed to go to both ends of the spectrum to kind of realize, okay, 
I because I didn't really enjoy doing it all myself. Like it was so, it took such a big toll on me emotionally and like um, just time wise and everything. I was just drained. And also, it could like there's just stuff that could have been better because I can't do everything like the best. Obviously, like no one can. So I'm like I kind of realized that I was like, man, like I need to find that middle point between, you know like completely depending on everyone and like actually just opening myself up to at least have some people on board and like, do you know what I mean? Like finding that sweet spot where I can like, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not in my head because I feel like we, we've been kind of discovering that over the last two years, but specifically like with this kind of like quarantine record project, half the songs are songs we did, you know, hundred percent us in Boston yeah. and, you know, half the songs or, or we, we went, um, not this December, but like last December, we went to like a cabin in big bear, just the two of us oh, and just like wrote a bunch of stuff and like started a bunch of stuff. So half the record is like hundred percent us. And then half the record is songs we've done with other people. And honestly, the songs we did with other people are like better songs. I feel right. The songs we did just us. I think emotionally strike yeah, they're us. They're more personal. They're more personal and they're more artsy, honestly. Yeah. That's how it goes. Hey, it's the same with me. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting trying to find that balance. We all have like somewhat similar sensibilities. Like I I think the pop punk kids who then gravitated towards like the folkier stuff or whatever, like we all want to make so, like an art focused record. And I think that the pop stuff scratches like the puzzle solving itch yeah. more than it does the creative itch sometimes. Yeah. Um, Definitely. like I love cracking a puzzle, you know, yeah. I love, I'm a, I'm a crossword snob, you know, I, I love just like trying to find the right combination of things, but that is what writing pop music oftentimes feels yeah, it's like. It's more like yeah. Sudoku than. Yeah, it is. Picture, it you know? is. It is hundred percent. And, and I think that there's a lot of art in that and I feel very creative solving. It's a creative puzzle solving system, but you know, obviously the, the more, you, you know, leave kind of structure by the wayside or like certain sensibilities by the wayside, the more artistic it becomes and the more potentially alienating it becomes. So I think we, we've balanced each other out really well. Yeah. But that's also why we have our own endeavors to kind of get that out of our system, you know? Yeah. It's a never ending like battle between being arty and then trying to sell music. <laughs> yeah. Gotta, well, that's the thing too, is if you, if you go too hard in any one direction, yeah. you know, people are either not connecting to it or not understanding it. And so I feel like the art is what allows you to, yeah. to connect and the, the, the sensibility is what lets you actually understand like, what's happening. If you, if you, if it's a hobby for you, you can do whatever you want, be as arty as you want, expressive as you want. But as soon as you make it your job, you have to like realize that you need to like understand the business side of it and the like the target market and what people want to hear. And then you need to like cross the bridge between, you know, what you're, what you want to do as an artist and then how you're going to work, operate as a business. It's like, yeah. yeah. Which is what was really hard for me to like get my head around. You know, it's really like, cause I'm not, I don't come from the business. Side, I don't care about it, but you have to, if you're trying to make a career for yourself. Well, I think that that's where I, I feel the most lucky to, to be doing this as a duo project because yeah. Noah can focus more on the, you know, artistic side of it. Uh, and then I can, I, I, my head's always uh, in the business. I, yeah. I always said that I feel like most creative thinking about like, you know, who can come together for a certain project or like who can we hit up, um, like at this moment or that, that time, yeah. um, for, for, you know, to sort of move this thing forward. Sometimes I get a bit too much in there, which I think like 
like I've been trying, I've been getting a lot better at in the last two years and really starting to enjoy like the art of songwriting. Yeah. But yeah, I think being able to just like be like, hey, Noah, you go off into the woods, <laughs> either literally or metaphorically. Um, I'm going to check all of my emails and then we're going to come together and see if the song makes sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> now, what I love too is you you have done like also feature stuff. Uh, the OTR song, Bumps. Oh, sick. Um, Thanks, bro. And uh, and the Shalu song just came out as well, yeah. which is just like absolutely, you know, sil- silhouettes. It's just, it's awesome. And it's cool to hear, especially because in my head, I kind of put you guys in a similar space. Likewise, we were talking about uh, Kurt, talking about Yost yeah. as well. Like I sort of see you guys as like, because I, I think Yost and Shalu share a manager. So, you know, like oh, okay. seeing you guys as this kind of like, like family in a kind of space. It's cool to see it all come together. How did the OTR song happen? And and also what, what was it like, you know, creating the song with Shallow? So they both happened, they actually happened like the day after each other. And I, oh, wow. it was on my wow. last trip to LA, which I actually, I went there for a video. And then like I did two days in Shangri-La. They had, I think it was Astral Works, had like a camp there. Um, so I went to that for two days and I didn't even actually have a session with OTR, but we kind of just got along cause we were both like similar age and like, <laughs> it just, we kind of clicked like hanging out and then we both had nothing on that night and we found a spare studio and we made that song in a couple of hours and then he kind of put it together like afterwards on his own. So that kind of happened, which is sick. Um, just like real natural. I love in camps when like the the people just wind up having the offshoot because those songs wind yeah. up having like a kind of unique flavor yeah. to them. Yeah, I think it was cool. I mean, we got that's was, was the interesting thing about it. I didn't really get anything good out of the the rest of it, but that just happened. Like it just it was just effortless. It was like unplanned. It just happened. <laughs> um, and then the next day, I had a afternoon book with Shalou. Just like a different thing in LA. I think he already had the track. He had the track done already, so he was just chasing vocal on it. So yeah, had he written parts of the song yet, or did you guys write that together? He had written like the instrumental, and I just wrote the vocal, like the top line and the lyrics. Were you were you guys put together by? Were you and Shallow put together by the label, or had you guys met prior? Uh, we'd been talking a little bit online, like we've been trying to like link up for a bit, but I'm not like great with internet collab. Like I don't really like it. I'm not really as inspired on over the internet. I just like being in the room. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like, bro, like, let's just wait until I'm out there again. And then we'll just get in together. So that's kind of what happened. And then, yeah. So he, I think he'd already had the first album done. I would have probably been one of the, the last things to do that. It's, a, it's a wild record. I mean, Ash has, I love the song he did with Ash on it. I think our buddy, uh, Peter Fenn worked on it too. Yeah. He's um, awesome. And she is great. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're fans. We don't, we don't know him personally, but obviously Kurt is a really good friend and, and they've, they've, Toured together, yeah. work together, yeah, toured together. Mm. Yeah, I also, yeah, I love that you that you know Kurt, like in and, and we, Kurt's from Brisbane. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. From, that's how that's we, from, we know Brisbane. each other from high school. Wait, that's wild. Are you guys the same age? I think he might be older, maybe a little bit, a year or two older, maybe. But yeah, we know each we know each other from a while ago. How old are you? Twenty three. Oh, okay. I I just always assumed you're older than me, but I was doing the timeline in my head of like when you were putting out the songs. I'm like. I guess because I'm 24. I just turned 24. You, you guys were 24. Uh, he's 23. I'm 24. Well, you can grow a way bigger beard than I can, bro. So <laughs> there you go. 
that this is a this is a new this is my quarantine beard so that's uh yeah dude i was like i'm doing the same thing it doesn't grow as fast but i'm like man this is the perfect time to like do facial hair that i should never be doing (laughs) (laughs) no i got you know i'm like i'm gonna commit to this i got like the beard oil and everything i'm like i'm gonna do this yeah. You're going to do the full grooming. <laughs> yeah. You know, but here's the thing. I, I'm also, I'm Jewish. So it's like a birthright thing. You know, like we, we all, <laughs> we all have the gene to like, do you most get, of us at least. do you get birthright? Like the, um, the trip was, is it, what's the trip to Israel called? Is no, it it's called, called birthright? birthright. Yeah. It's actually, yeah. uh, that was another thing that got canceled along with all this in Corona. Is it, you have to do it before you turn 25, right? Is that how it works? I think it's maybe to 30. I don't know. But, um, I imagine if anybody was before the cutoff, they'll just like extend it. To anybody who was supposed to be going. Yeah. But yeah, I'm bummed I was supposed to go in May. So your parents Jewish? Yep. Both of them. Yeah. More like yep. Mark Marin culturally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, small, small world. And I just imagine also like the the scene in Australia, uh, you know, because of Triple J, like everybody's sort of aware of each other, right? Yeah. Definitely. It's a tight, it's tight out of here. <laughs> I, I went to a Shabbat dinner with Lafia. You know, I, I've met some of the some of the. Yeah, <laughs> she lives down the road from me. She, really? Tight. Yeah, she's like one of my good friends. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I don't no. I don't know her super well, but um, I, I was <laughs> I was working on a different radio show, and he did an interview with her, and she's yeah, incredibly so. talented. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> All you Australians are swimming in the water. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. are you uh, are you ready for the question round? <laughs> yeah. So before we start the question round, we got a, a question from Finn, uh, whose Instagram is False Fox Art. She's the one who does all of the art for the Talking Lion guests. Yeah. Um, but she's asked, "How did you settle on the images that go with your songs? Because they seem like there's a lot of meaning uh, folded into them." That's her question. Even before I start working the music, sometimes I like just trying to think about what I want to write about, what kind of picture I want to paint like what kind of world I want it to be in aesthetically. I like kind of just, it helps me a lot to write the songs when I can understand like everything that's happening. And so yeah, generally the art's always like, always a big part of the music. And I'm just about putting that whole idea together. So I like having that emotional connection between the song and the, the art. I, I feel like uh, we, we sort of like established some like rules in our head for like our art. One of them being like, we, we try not to like feature ourselves in it but i know sometimes you do or you you have oh okay yeah was do you have a kind of rationale for like when you like the are in style. the cover versus something else not really i'm like it kind of just depends on each project just kind of what i feel like fits where i'm at like what stage of life i'm at like some there's been some points where i've like wanted to be completely anonymous like the revival stuff i was like i don't want my face anywhere like i just want the art to kind of speak and then like therapy stuff, I was like, put my face everywhere. <laughs> like I, I want <laughs> like, there to be a face the- to the music. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. there's just different, there's different points. And like Zion, it was like similar to revival. I was kind of like, man. Um, was Zion inspired by Cigarettes visually? Um, No, I wouldn't say like, I mean, I mean, everything like on a deep level is inspired by cigarettes for me just as, as an <laughs> yeah. inspiration, like subconsciously, I'm sure. But like, I wasn't specifically like, okay, no, we found this for Zion. Uh, we just found this guy called Kensuki on Instagram actually. And I just really liked his style. He actually like chops up like vintage photos and like, Oh wow. He like physically like, um, manipulates them. So it's not even digital. He like, he like prints them out and like spends ages. Like, I don't even know how he does it, man. He like, 
but all like the all of the photos are like these old postcards and stuff he's found that he's like warped and like real and then put back together again i just thought i just thought it was really cool but yeah it just depends like project to project like i'll just kind of like get a feel for where the music's headed and what kind of like you know does it should it be photos should it be drawing should it be graphic design should it be painting like whatever you know what i mean right like you kind of get a feel for the aesthetic as it's kind of developing and you're like okay uh, we have yeah. we have you know at this point rules like a sort of you know yeah. I, could, I could genuinely write it like it, it's a lot of it's like a feel thing but i could genuinely like write it down and codify it at this point just of what yeah yeah you know what what works like what what would work for a cover art and what isn't which is tripping us up now that we can't you know go outside or call people or you know yeah <laughs> yeah it's a lot harder to get abstract photo shoots together when yeah, you can't leave true. the house that's true mm-hmm I should have asked, uh, you know, back back when we were talking about birthright, but you know, the, the song has the, the the record has Zion in the title. Yeah, have you been to Israel? I haven't. No, it's a, it's a dream of mine, though. I just can't go for free. <laughs> <laughs> that would That's be nice. <laughs> hey, you could always uh, always convert. <laughs> they, <laughs> I don't they know. Would, they would love that. <laughs> just convert, convert like right before I turn twenty five. Like, okay, guys, yeah. that's how it works, right? I get a free trip now. <laughs> Um, all right, but yeah, are you ready for the question round for real Let's now? Do Let's do it. All right. First question. What is your phone background? It is a picture of me covered in trees. Nice. It's, I'm not that's even, fun. I'm not, I, you can't even see me. It's mostly trees. <laughs> that's good. Hmm. That's, that's the way it should be. Gotta yeah. love trees. Would you have a non-musical hobby? Sport. Specifically, What's, probably so- do you, soccer. Do you still play cricket? No, I don't, but I like watching it. Um, that's fun. It takes up too much time. It's like the yeah. the game yeah. lasts for five Cricket days. Cricket games can go long. It's like baseball on steroids. Yeah. Uh, are you are you playing soccer then? Uh, yeah, I was until I did my ACL like a year and a bit ago, two years ago now. Oh, oh damn! So I haven't really got back into it since then, but I love it. Yeah, I will get back into it. Play soccer and basketball mostly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, what's a skill that you would like to have? I would like to be like real tight, like graphic design. Mm. Mm. That's I a think. fun one. I think it'd be cool to be able to be self-contained and do all your own art. Yeah, that's that, that that's where I'm trying to get to now because I've I've yeah. done a little bit of graphic design throughout my life, and I'm trying to get like real chops with it so that I can like rely on myself. That's to awesome, do man. art for for projects. <laughs> I just I just like DIY stuff. Um, it's, and yeah, it's awesome. If you can be self-contained, like it's so good. you don't have to trust anyone to do anything. You can just do it yourself as quickly as saves you some want. cash too. Yeah, because yeah, because there's, there's nothing. There's also speaking as a person who gets paid to like make someone's aesthetic dreams come true. Like I know how hard it can be on both ends of the equation, and there's nothing worse than paying yeah. a graphic designer a bunch of money to do something that's like really perfect in your head, but they don't have the the resources to execute it to its full completion. And then you pay them a bunch of money. They don't give you what you want. And then it's just like, you're, you know you're going back and forth on like very nuanced revisions. Yeah. Like, because that's you what, gotta, that's what you know, gets me. That's what it gets me is like when you have to do seven or eight revisions and you're like, man, I could do this all in one night, but it yeah. takes two weeks because you're going back and forth. Like, man. And as a producer, I totally understand that like people are always asking me to do stuff. And like, as a producer, I understand like, Hey, my time is valuable. And like, it's not infinite. Like I can't yeah. for like $500. I'm not going to be able to make this perfect thing that you hear in your head. So yeah. when I ask that of a graphic designer, I know they're not going to give me the perfect thing that I yeah. see in my head. So I'm just yeah. like, I'm just going to learn to do it myself. Cause it's, awesome, it's an man. exercise in compromise. I'm also, I'm, when it comes to ideas, I'm a big trial and error person. Like I like, to sort of see an idea f- fleshed out to be able to decide if it's shit. Yeah. Um, because in my head, yeah. every idea is kind of perfect, 
you know, because I get excited about it, but then it might just not work. You know, even if it's, if it's perfectly translated, it just might not work. And, you know, I've been really grateful, obviously with Noah to be able to, you know, we, we figure out a song, we tried this weird experimental thing. Oh, it's too artsy. It doesn't make sense. We, we scrap it, but you hit up a graphic designer for like a cover art idea. And that's like a $500 art experiment. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I'm with you, man. Feel that. All right. Very important question. Super important question. Would you be a pirate? Would I be a pirate? Hi. Yeah. Lady. Ooh, uh, what kind of pirate? Like ocean or internet? Uh, nobody's ever asked that. Nobody's ever asked that. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the question pertains to like, would you be on a boat? Old timey pirate. Old timey um, swashbuckling, nah, stealing from people. No, nah, I wouldn't. I'm not like, I'm not morally opposed. I mean, actually I am kind of morally opposed to it, but also I just don't like boats that much. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> It's been a very divisive question. It's, yeah. it's, it's survived. It's it's the most contentious question. I think question. the idea of it is nice, like from what we see in the movies, but actually like the things you would have to do as a pirate would be pretty horrible. <laughs> this this is my position. I'm glad I'm glad you're on my yeah. side. <laughs> this is this is my whole this is the, the reason I like this question. Because I feel like it's I think that glorified. It, it gets at something very interesting about like what people think of yeah. as 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 pirates and and then trying to imagine the actual yeah. physical reality of what that would entail and how people feel about boats yeah, you know? yeah that's also I, I now a, a very know, important we now know all, all of our guests yeah. opinions of it's boats. All, yeah that's true it's super, very it's super glorified how it's super glorified yeah it's, it is one of those things that's very glorified i do that's it. I, think so. I love being a pirate <laughs> would you though yeah you would yeah yeah you've um, already got the beard happening man you're good to go yeah exactly i <laughs> Do you have any tattoos? And if so, what was your first? Um, yeah, I have a few. Uh, my first one is on my arm, and it says, "This life is not my own," which is the lyric from my favorite hymn. Mm. Oh, nice. It is the best one to get first because it kind of like eased my parents into the idea of me getting it. Because like, oh, mom, it's Christian. I can't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. What was the first concert you ever attended? Oh. That's tough. Switchfoot. I think it was Switchfoot. Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh. Switchfoot was that was my first. Yeah, I loved Switchfoot. Best favorite band. I got some good yeah. stuff. I, I was a big uh, Only Hope fan as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a beautiful song. I love it, man. I yeah, love it. A lot of good stuff. song. Yeah, it wouldn't Switchfoot. I would have probably been like probably eight or nine. Probably went with my dad or something. What is your go-to karaoke song? Love the way you lie. By Rihanna and Eminem. Oh, yeah. Do you do the Rihanna uh, yeah, bit I know, and I know the Eminem the bit? For sure. That's fantastic. Do you have a scar with a story? A scar? Yeah. So I have one on my knee from a few months ago. I actually fell over on stage. We were playing Collapse. Um, <laughs> you so, collapsed playing Collapse. Bro, it's like so, Damn. like the timing is ridiculous. I put it on my Instagram a while ago. Um, and I was like, literally, it was like, da na na na. Bro, I was literally seeing the words like falling short again. And I like went to step on a fallback wedge and like I wasn't really like paying attention. It was pretty loose. And my I stepped on it and my head hit the ceiling. I was like, I was oh. like, I'm falling, falling short again. I sung it and then head hit the ceiling. Like I got disorientated, like wobbled on the fallback and the fallback wedge gave away and I like face planted into the stage. Oh. And, but I I couldn't really feel anything at the time. I just kind of kept going on with it, and then I like an adrenaline's hour, a hell of a drug. Adrenaline, bro. Yeah. And then an hour after the show, I checked my leg. It was just blood everywhere. I have oh, a scar. damn! I have a scar there from that. Damn, Jeez. that's brutal. That's battle scars. That's yeah. The but hazards thought, of the job. Next question is: What are three thoughts you have at this very moment? What am I going to eat for dinner? Nice. 
how long until I can leave my house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big vibe. And which team am I going to play with on FIFA next? <laughs> I like it. Profound. Those are good thoughts. <laughs> good thoughts. Important thoughts. It's funny. I feel like whenever we ask the three thought question, one of them is always devoted to food. Yeah. I think it's just almost, like a almost basic unequivocally, human drive. Yeah. It's like people are always just like food. food I mean, especially food. now, like it's just every everything you do is just in between meals. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. More than more now than ever. I mean, yeah. If you were to ask me, I'd be like, "Yeah, what are we doing for dinner?" Like, I'm really hungry. We made pasta. We have leftover pasta. We have leftover pasta. We don't Wonderful. have to worry about. Do they it. have? Oh. Do they have like delivery food going strong there right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. And they're pushing for like they're giving like free delivery for local local businesses too, so nice. they can stay lo- afloat. Next question is: What are you most proud of? I'm most proud of pushing myself to get this far with my music and career. I guess like pushing through everything and staying strong and like. To what I believe in, I think. Yeah. I think to that, you know, the fact that you've held to your integrity and like the fact that you've always come at this with like a, a very strong level of authenticity and has been really inspiring to us. And I'm sure we're not the only ones. Like, obviously, awesome. you you were there when we've like sonically when we first started, but just being able to watch someone we respected never kind of compromise their sound or their like you know ideals has been I really appreciate that bro us. yeah I appreciate that well I'm sure there are people listening who who feel the same way like artists listening who um you know you you were you were you were doing something before other people were and I feel like there are plenty of bands that were like us that started listening to your stuff so yeah appreciate that and and on that note what's uh what's important to you what's something that's important to you uh my faith and yeah, just being true to myself. Appreciate like that. Being, being transparent. Being, being, yeah, yeah, being transparent and like connect, like, like accessible, I think is important to me at least. I, I think that's how we, we got along like after the, after the show is like, you know, you like, we had pl- definitely opened for people in Boston who kind of just like, because they were headliners, like acted like headliners and just like didn't necessarily, you know, open up to us in the same way that like you mm-hmm. did. And it just, it was really, it's really nice, just like how um, I still have open U- you were. I still have your USB for that show. The- oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Iconic. I'm gonna sell out for a lot of money one day. It's <laughs> 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 gonna make yeah. completely like that, that. That record's almost that record's five years old now. It's right. like getting yeah. vintage. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll scour eBay and Dude, see, like, to yeah, see when, two, it, when it goes up. Like 200 years in the future, when there's like no USB ports, <laughs> like that thing will be. Yeah, like, it's gonna, gonna be like that'll be worth a lot of money. Something. We we were like, I was talking. To, it was funny. I was talking to. Uh, my friend about the USBs the other day and I feel like we, like we were early to some stuff like the USBs and QR codes to the point where it made no sense when we were putting it out and then like w- once we stopped playing shows is when people started like using USBs now we go back <laughs> nobody's got USB you know drives no, when we no go back way. to doing shows nobody will have USB drives oh yeah drives. that's true now it doesn't make any sense because somebody like <laughs> I like it I don't have a USB I mean I guess I do I mean we all have ways of plugging in USB but also, 3.0 I mean, s- streaming is just like yeah. nobody's gonna no nobody's gonna listen to our record like by opening up a USB no, yeah no, no one has stores music I miss that though I miss like, like I miss roaming around the internet like looking for free downloads and like what oh, yeah. like, kind of collecting your own like digital like portfolio giving your computer a virus just to get like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the Britney Spears single yeah, the, the live recording of uh you know of of 
you know, system of a down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So true. Yeah, YouTube to MP3. Like <laughs> YouTube to MP3. A lifesaver. I was I was reading in in the like a music business kind of like like kind of history of music business book that um the the actual thing that caused iTunes to be as successful as it was was this frustration with the Napster like LimeWire user base of having to like get all the metadata and all the cover art right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I used I used to spend hours. Yeah, like with all my torrented albums, I would spend like I would go and like. There was a third-party uh, software that would look for the album art, but then it wouldn't always work. And then I would spend all this time <laughs> hunting down album art and trying to find the highest quality like image. It's so funny. Like, and now the, here's you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you know what grinds my gears about Spotify? Tell us, Dad. The the <laughs> the album art's tiny. Like there, it's it doesn't make any sense that like even on the on a, on the the web desktop player for Spotify, like the album art is still super small and you can't make it big. And I guess like on your phone, you well, can but, see but it, but now everything's now, canvas everything's anyway. Canvas, so yeah. it's like, like that's the thing. You you pay a graphic designer a grand to like design your, your album art and people, it's only like tiny. Like no one's going to look at it in like a large format because it's just not going to exist. In that, yeah. On like, the, it's good gonna, on the, it's good on the phone, but yeah. on the Yeah. De- it's like, that's the thing. It's, it seems like it's designed for mobile. On the, no, on I'll, the uh, I'll speculate and I'll posit that maybe nowadays cover art is less for the actual music and more for the Instagram post around the release. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. That's kind of what I was like. I think I was kind of touching that before. It's just like not as much about the whole thing anymore. It doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. What art you put up? Yeah, it's about your pro. It's about your social media, your posting, and all that stuff. It's just changed so much. And the last question of the talking line quest round is: yeah. What are you looking forward to? I mean, like everyone, I guess, just looking forward to getting outside again, playing shows again, making music again, like getting back into it. It's like it's one of those things. Like it just makes you grateful for things you weren't grateful for, which is it's a nice little like refresher. Being like all the things you take for granted. Like just being out of the way. So yeah, I'm really- I, yeah, I think I think when this started out, like I was just getting to the point of being like annoyed with like parties and shows and like all that stuff. And now, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, and I think that we're gonna see a, a really big spike in like artistic like energy and like in this kind of like reinvigorated like sense of spirit in in the community after this i think everyone's gonna it's gonna be hopefully like a real like flurry of like cool stuff and cool energy going around the corona renaissance yeah like this happened someone was saying i can't remember what it was what again my memory is terrible but it was in like the 20s so it was like a it was a plague or something that was the spanish influenza yeah is that what it was yeah there's a big like uh renaissance of like well i remember seeing when this first started you know like that you know, Shakespeare did King Lear and quarantine and stuff. And there's definitely something to be said. You know, I mean, I feel like everybody who's creative, even if they're not feeling inspired, like right now, we are mm. going to be alone and not like alone, but we're going to be in this thing for so long that you're inevitably going to wind up doing something like yeah. you, just to get through it, you know? Yeah. No, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm with you. I'm excited to see what that winds up being, you know? And I'm yeah. excited to see what you wind up doing with it as well. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and you know, when you start playing live again, when you're back in Los Angeles, we'll do karaoke. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you. Done. See you play live. Done. You know, sounds good, man. No, it's it's great catching up with you, man. It's yeah, been. Yeah. I feel like yeah, I feel like it's been uh, one of the the brighter sides of the quarantine is just being able to catch up with old. Yeah, friends. it's been a while, man. Appreciate you guys, and thank you again just for for being such an awesome guy throughout like our whole of our course, whole music kind yeah, of course. life. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Stay in touch. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs> Fixing me up
We would like to thank Alan C. for supporting Talking Lion on Patreon and Isotope.